Well, uh, finally, Wednesday afternoon, the moment we all knew was coming <laughs> for the last 10 years, finally came, and they started raising interest rates again. And really aggressively, I mean, inflation's at a 40-year high, so the Fed hiked interest rates they most they have since 2020, uh, well, tw- since 2000, in 22 years. Rob Kaplan um, sat, on the, uh, sat at the table at the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee for many years with with Jay Powell and the others at the Fed, most recently as president and CEO of the Federal Reserve. Prior to that, almost 25 years at Goldman Sachs, and more recently he's been teaching about all this at Harvard Business School and other places. So he can educate us. Rob Kaplan joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. All right. Good to talk to you, David. You know, I got I, listening to that, well, reading reading the, uh, the release from the Fed, and then hearing it communicated by Jay Powell, I figured the market could have written the script for that it seemed to be exactly sort of the the moderate tone that wall street wanted to hear yeah i mean the pattern the pattern of the fed is to is to socialize what it plans to do do it in advance um and uh, avoid surprising the markets um ironically I think that's been a good approach. Ironically, this may be one of those times where I might be more willing to surprise the market. And the reason is the inflationary psychology is becoming more and more deeply embedded. The wage price psychology is becoming more deeply embedded. And doing what the market expects, I think, is, uh, is it creates stability in the market but it may not be as effective uh, in breaking this psychology, which I think is becoming more firmly embedded. But, you know, that's not what I heard at all. What I heard was a variation on what we had heard earlier, which was this is transitory. This is something we can handle. Um, it'll go away. And, and if it doesn't look like it's going away, then we'll do something else. Yeah. So here's the issue. Um, there's two key elements to the inflation uh, dynamic, and let me break them out. There's a materials and supply chain, which which I think may take two or three years to work out, and deglobalization. Uh, the war obviously is not helpful. Um, uh, obviously, what's going on with oil and gas is not terribly helpful. Well, the and fact and we're the, not encouraging the China lockdown. China lockdown is coming in really rough China, time. China China is part of that deglobalization. Having said that. And by the way, I'd add one other factor, the greening of the U.S. economy and the global economies requiring much more demand for semiconductors and materials is also exacerbates that material supply chain issue. That's one chain. And I, I'm, I'm hopeful that capitalism will work. And over the next two or three years, with more moderate demand and supply increasing, we can address that. The part of this of the inflation that I think is more challenging is the labor side. We've had labor shortages pre-COVID. We've got an aging workforce, decelerating workforce growth, and we've got a a labor force right now that's tight as a drum, in my opinion. And even with some moderation and demand, our our labor force growth is going to be very tepid, which is why you want women back in the workforce, you want access to childcare. A lot of retirees, we hope some of them will come back in but I think it will take much longer to address this wage issue. And that's what I'm hearing from businesses. 
And so that part is not transitory, and that part I think is structural. And the greening of the economy is not a transitory trend. It is a deep structural trend that I don't think is as well as understood as it ought to be. It's highly inflationary. Okay. Let, let's, it's necessary, but it's inflationary. Okay, let's separate the issues for a bit. Let's talk about about labor, and and something we're already seeing is is an adaptation to this. And I, on a very narrow scale, I, a friend was telling me the other day they were in a restaurant, and all of a sudden a robot showed up delivering them right. their food, and it turns out right. it's it's becoming ubiquitous, and they're replacing right. a and, lot of cheap labor. It, and it will become and restaurant tours I talk to are and every business is using technology wherever possible. Having said that, when you look at demand for labor in areas where you just can't use technology to replace labor, I think we're going to have imbalances for quite a while here. Um, and, and this is why the quits rate is at a historic high. People are leaving their job, not because they're disloyal. They're leaving to make higher wages because they can't make ends meet. And there's such a large service sector in the United States. Some of it's uh, adaptable to technology-enabled disruption, and some of it just isn't. And, and that's why I think it's going to be challenging. But I would break those two elements of inflation apart. Some elements, I think, are cyclical, i.e., more temporary, and some are deeply structural. And I think we'd be well served and much better served to segment those. Right. And and, and actually, maybe maybe even segment the problems, because these are things that you have been talking about ever since we first met <laughs> many years ago. And, 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 right. and you're right. And it's it's all coming, you know, coming back to bite us. But we also have this pandemic and this war in Ukraine and tension with Russia and their nukes right. and a shutdown in China. And let's hope that these are transitory things. And yeah. so what's the world got to look like after we the pandemic is returned to the flu and the Russians are back in their place and China's back operating again? I think once so. There, there are a number of drivers you've heard me talk about. Aging demographics is one. Uh, globalization, now deglobalization is another technology-enabled disruption. Uh, and then I'd add another one, greening of the economy. With, with God willing, the war winding down, I hope it does, and some of these globalization issues moderating, I'm hopeful that will definitely help with the uh, material supply chain issue. It won't help so much with the labor issue. And that's why I say if I had to keep my eye on an, on, on, uh, on the elements of this, I think the labor force issue is a fundamental issue that requires more impact, more ac more work on access to childcare, things you've heard me talk about, skills training, uh, getting women back in the workforce. Well, and, right and now, opening opening the borders back up that we've just spent all this time closing down. Sensible immigration reform, but I don't hear we're I don't think we're uh, adequately focused on those issues, but we need to be because labor force growth it's not zero but it's maybe a quarter of 1%, maybe a quarter to a half of 1%. COVID, to your point, made it worse. About 2 million people retired, about a million and a quarter left the workforce to be caregivers. Some will come back, 
but not as many as we are accustomed to seeing historically. Let, let me take you off in a different area because I'm, I'm curious. One of the things you did as, as CEO of the Dallas Fed is you talked to CEOs all over the country and certainly all over the area on a very regular basis. I was part of your job right. to come back and report, you know, to the roundtable of what, you know, what the conditions are like. And I'm assuming you still keep up with, with a lot of these still, people. Yes. But, but the thing yes. is, none of these people who are running companies right now have ever run companies during an inflationary environment like this. I mean, right. we haven't had one for a long time. And also, you know, this sort of a labor shortage. Uh, there's a big learning curve out there, isn't there? There is, and there's one other factor. So both those are operating challenges. The other thing that companies, I think, are very sensitive to, maybe more so than than other parts of the, the markets, is the flood of liquid, liquidity that has been injected into the financial markets over the last two or three years um, has caused credit spreads to not narrow to historically tight levels, access to capital is historically uh, high. And I think with the draining of the balance sheet, that should be watched carefully because I don't think there's gonna be as good access to credit and risk premiums are likely to increase. And I think businesses are bracing themselves for that also. All right, let me, let me wrap up by asking one, uh, put the Goldman Sachs hat back on again. We've always okay. been told that we, we want to buy when the blood is running in the streets. The blood's running, been running in the streets here for the last several months. Is it time to, to tiptoe in, or have we seen a bottom put in the markets? So, so this is something I can now comment on. I know. In my Fed job, I was reluctant to. And I can't um, wait. I think the market is adjusted to a higher risk-free rate. Okay, i.e. the 10 year is anticipating higher Fed funds rates for the rest of the year. Um, and I think there's a little bit more to come. What the market, in my opinion, is not yet anticipating is the draining of the Fed balance sheet and a widening of credit spreads and a rise in risk premiums. And I think I hate to I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I'd be prepared that that's one more adjustment the market has not yet made. And I, in my own view, it may not make that to later this year as it's happening. And I think you should just keep my own advice to people is just be aware. I know it feels to some people like blood, but, but I actually think this adjustment has been relatively benign. And we haven't really seen a big jump in risk premiums. We've seen an adjustment to a higher risk free rate. And so I just I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, no one does, but I'd be prepared to, to be braced for that second impact. But it's fascinating, isn't it? There's gonna be a really good- Yes, very interesting. Really good book written after all this. I just hope it's soon. Bob Kaplan, uh, Rob Kaplan is the uh, former president and CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank in Dallas, and, and we look forward to many more conversations. Thank you very much, sir. You too. Thanks, David. Thanks. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson. News Radio 1080 KRLD.